0: Hi, welcome everybody. Welcome to challenge. <laughs> Man, it's been a while, you know? And uh I'm really glad that I get to say that to people and not just the camera. <laughs> all the people in the camera, hello, but it is really good to be to have this right now with with all of you. So yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Hebrews chapter ten, verses twenty four and twenty-five say, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the <coughs> as you see the day drawing near. And for one year we as believers, we as an organization I've been doing our, our best to make this a reality, what this verse is talking about, through virtual means. And I've been, you know, doing these different live streams with, with my friends. <laughs> uh, and we get to do that. But in some ways, it's worked out really great for us to be able to have that virtual connection and try to maintain that in, in spite of what's going on in the world. Uh, but is it not <laughs> easier... Isn't it not better to stir up one another in this way, to love and good works in an environment like this, right? Together, face to face, that's what what it's all about, you know? (laughs) And so I'm so glad that we get to do this together. God has granted us the opportunity to meet together, right, tonight. And so I'm so glad that you get to enjoy that with me, right? And so it's been, like I said, about a year since a lot of things changed. And I know what I was going through, where uh, in mid-March, 2020, I and the other staff at Challenge were preparing and planning a, a conference for spring break to Hume Lake. It was gonna be amazing <laughs> And we were all, and I had a lot of, I had a lot of my hopes set in, set on the success of that event, the success of that uh, conference. And as we were planning for it, it was becoming increasingly clear that we might <laughs> might have to cancel our, our annual Hume Lake trip. And to me, at, at some moment, that just seemed absurd. That seemed like not even a, a remote possibility. But uh, that's what happened, right? It, uh, over time, as the days approached, a matter of days before we left or were planning to leave, We had to make the tough decision to cancel that and that was like the moment that was the big problem the big disappointment that ushered in the pandemic season for me (laughs) and perhaps for you as well there was some sort of big disappointment that happened as we got into the the state that we're now in and it's, it's also just been a year of various disappointments various types of discouragement for myself and I know that you have experienced your own sources, right of disappointment, of discouragement, despair, or depression this year, but God mends all broken hearts. He restores all things. And uh, God has brought us together tonight at this moment to praise His name in unison, to encourage each other uh, in hardships. And to, to dwell on the truth of his word. And so, and I look around too, and some of you have stuck around that long, right? You were with us a year ago, you're with us now. You we, you made it. <laughs> uh, there, you could have done a lot of things. You could have sought community elsewhere. You could have sought fulfillment elsewhere. But you have endured to, to remain with us at this time, right now. And now you get to celebrate with us as we are now in this state where it's, It's different, and it's not back to normal, but it's closer, and we're taking steps in the right direction, and I love that. And then I also look around, and and some of you have been picked up along the way, right? And uh, isn't that incredible that God has still used human connections this year to draw people to himself, to fellowship in in spite of these obstacles that we've been, been dealing with? And so, and now you get to enjoy this fellowship with me, uh, with us in a way that we couldn't really offer you before, uh, maybe when you first joined or however long you've been a part of this. So I'm so glad that on both sides of that, we're, we're here and uh, we've, we've made it in some, some manner. So let me pray before we get into the rest of this time. Father, thank you so much for bringing us here to this place and for proving yourself real in my life and in many of our lives, I ask now that you would just turn our hearts toward you, use your Spirit to uh, direct our, our hearts in your Word, and just give us a clearer sense of just who you are through your Word. And I pray that this time would be encouraging to us, that it would challenge us in some meaningful way, uh, and so that, and also just that. This time of fellowship would be sweet as we get to savor that together after not doing so for, in this particular way, for a year. So thank you so much, Lord. In your name, amen. So, imagine with me, imagine you check your mailbox tomorrow. Do you guys check your mailbox? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how, how that works for different places you live, but maybe uh, you check your mailbox tomorrow and in it is a mysterious letter you're like what's this all about you open the letter it's from some kind of agency that's responsible for distributing someone's will right and uh, it's that's strange because maybe you don't know of anybody who uh, any kind of relative who would have written you into their will right i don't know maybe you do but it turns out that the person that this agency represents didn't have any children they, you have no idea who they even were and uh, But that person had all kinds of land and money, and they wanted you to have it when they died. So the letter informs you that this individual has passed away. Now all you have to do is collect that inheritance. Now, that sounds a little too good to be true, right? And, and maybe you might want to confirm that this isn't some kind of scam. You might want to confirm the legitimacy of this. But if you knew it was real... Like who would turn down such an offer, right? Who would turn down such an inheritance like that? So today we're going to look at a passage that names every follower of Christ as an heir to an ancestor that we've never even met. And we're going to talk about how to claim that abundant eternal inheritance, not a not a man-made, not a physical inheritance, but an eternal inheritance and what we can do with that inheritance. And so we've been reading through the book of Galatians for the past couple weeks as part of our series, basically. And we've had some staff teach on it already for our worship nights that we've been doing up until now. And this book, Galatians, it's a letter. It's in in the New Testament of the Bible, and it's a letter to a church in Galatians a place called Galatia that you and I don't really know much about probably. And it's interesting when you read the Bible, there's some spots are the old Testament and some spots are the new Testament. And maybe you figured this out by now, but they're, they're just, those are the two big sections. And, and maybe if you have figured that out, maybe you like the new Testament a little better. And it's just think that this happens because it seems a lot more relevant to us. And, and in some ways, yeah, it's, it's talking about the Christian, how to live the Christian way. And it's, it seems just more relevant and, and clear about what we're supposed to do as followers of Christ. And so in that way, maybe you're thinking, yeah, like that's kind of, I like that better. You know, it's a lot, it's, it just makes more sense to me. And so we're in the chapter three of Galatians for this series and as i read that it's interesting because it features an interesting intersection between the old and the new testaments i find and and hopefully that can help us understand the significance the the value of the old testament and how it informs our lives today so you have a handout fold up your handout yeah i haven't been able to like talk about handouts in quite a while you know and here uh, you have a handout and so Written somewhere in it is a particular passage that I've set aside for us. And so Galatians 3, 6 through 9, as well as verse 29. I'm just going to read that, and you can follow along with me there. It says, Just as Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him for righteousness, then understand that those who have faith are Abraham's sons. Now the scripture saw in advance that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, and told the good news ahead of time to Abraham saying, all the nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed with Abraham who had faith. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. Okay. Who, who was the main person who kept coming up in that passage? It was Abraham. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you, just think to yourself, what do I know about Abraham right now? Is he a is he special, is he important? What's the deal with him? Maybe you have various, you might have various associations with Abraham. Maybe you're thinking of Abraham Lincoln, you know? He was a president, It's not this guy. Uh, so we're not talking about Abraham Lincoln. And maybe if you went to a church as a child, and maybe, you know, if you didn't, that's okay. And like, uh, there was a song. Does anybody know the song? We're not going to do the song, but there's a song called "Father Abraham" that I remember, and it was "Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you." So let's just praise the Lord. That was that's the conclusion, I guess, and that's that's the song. It's a very strange thing to, and then some sort of like a spiritual hokey pokey kind of like thing happens where you shake different limbs, and I don't I don't understand what that like means at all. I still don't. So to get our minds off of like what, what that's all about, it's, I think it's really helpful and so important. And, and, and Paul, Paul the Apostle, he's writing this book, Galatians, and he's trying to hearken back to this guy, Abraham, as to the significance of what he's talking about. And it's so important for us to understand why this guy's even a big deal like in the first place. And so I want us to gain a clear understanding of, of who he was and why he's important, and so dating, going all the way back to the first book of the Bible in Genesis, it's the first book in the, in the 12th chapter, we have this written down here. Genesis 12, one through two says, now the Lord said to Abram, that was his name before it got changed to Abraham, same guy. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. That's Genesis 12, one through 2. And so, and what we see in this story, as if you keep reading, he, he does it. <laughs> Abraham just follows God and says, okay, I'm going to do this. And we don't really know much about Abraham at this point, but it's such an incredible calling, right? I'm going to make of you a great nation and going to make your name great. And so that you will be a blessing. Like, wow, what an interesting thing to to call somebody toward. And so early in the Bible. And so I'm going to be highlighting these different kind of roles that we can think of Abraham in. I understand I've formatted this in a weird way, but just bear with me. So first is Abraham the example. And our action step here is believe in God. Believe in God. That's a great first step. You can write that in if you want. Believe in God. And so he's our example because we see him ch- make the choice to follow God and to do what he said to do in spite of having very little understanding of, of what this was going to mean for him. And so verse 6 of, our, of, of Galatians, chapter 3, says, Just as Abraham believed God and it was credited to him for righteousness. So this is the place to start And this is a gospel truth that dates all the way back to the book of of Genesis. And we see it here. We have to start here because through Abraham's example, we learn that God's favor is not earned. And we need only to exercise faith in God for our salvation, for our inheritance. Okay? Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 say, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And so, if you've been following along with us in the Book of Galatians, you might notice that this works versus faith theme is very prevalent in the Book of Galatians. And and uh, we we need to understand that we're saved by grace through faith. And that pattern of being saved by grace through faith it begins with Abraham, and that's what we see. And it says in, in Galatians here that it, that was credited to him for righteousness. And like you and me, this is very comforting. Like you and me, Abraham did not have it all together, right? And if, if you've read that story, and I, I have, so I can tell you, he did not have it all together. He struggled the, with, with lying. He struggled with doubting God. And he struggled with taking matters into his own hands when he really wasn't supposed to. And so he he did, he messed some stuff up, just like you and I do. But the bottom line is that he believed God. That faith was was this continual thing in his life that was credited to him as righteousness that he was not able to produce on his own. And so this gospel is not earned. And I don't know if you, watched those live streams the past two weeks. But some of our other staff, Josh and Jacob, they walked us through some of these core gospel truths of what it means to follow God by faith and not by works. And so those would be a great resource, really, if this is something that you're still fuzzy on. But before moving on from this point, I just want to ask, like, are you secure in your salvation? Are you secure in your salvation? Have you committed your life to Jesus through belief in God and his power to redeem you. If there's any hesitancy about that question, about the answer to that question, then I really encourage you to talk to somebody and confirm your status before God uh, as, as an heir, right? Just like we're talking about as an heir. And you can write that on that connect card too. That would be a great place to indicate, hey, I need to like, understand this better. Finally, before we move on to the next point, Romans 10.9 says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So that is a, a shorthand understanding of how we are saved by grace through faith. So second, so what's the first thing? Abraham, the example, we believe in God. Second, Abraham, the ancestor, become an heir. Become an heir. And this is directly related to that first point. Become an heir. When we choose to believe in God, then that's basically what happens to us. But it is a sense of identity that we need to take hold of as well. It's not just a thing you say and move on. When we become an heir, it means living like an heir. So verse 7 of our key passage, Galatians 3, says then understand that those who have faith are Abraham's sons. So that is the connection there. Now, I have an important question for you. Who here likes Star Wars? Do we have maybe, maybe half? No, it's more than half. So I'm, a, I'm pretty big into Star Wars. So I have another question, and this might be a little more controversial. Who liked the most recent movie of Star Wars, episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker, it is it is less. <laughs> I respect your whatever you like, so don't worry about that. But I just wanted to check, it's really interesting. But I had to mention that movie, it was kind of a mess if you ask me, but it had an interesting idea in it that I wanna like unpack a little bit. Where in this saga of Star Wars, in the, first, in the first three movies, in the prequels, you have Anakin Skywalker, and he's supposed to bring balance to the Force, and he's like the guy, and then that kind of got messed up, but whatever. And then in the original trilogy, Luke Skywalker was like this chosen one type guy, and he's a protagonist, he had the Force, and he defeated like the forces of evil in the galaxy. That's basically what happens in the original trilogy. And in the sequel trilogy, which came out more recently, we have this, we're introduced to who, Ray, right? And she's, you look at her and you're like, okay, like she's got some Skywalker stuff going on in terms of, okay, she's, she's the protagonist and she's kind of like got this chosen one stuff going on. She's like a really kind person and has all these oppressive, impressive abilities, right? And that's what happens when, when I watch that first movie. It's like, whoa, she kind of looks like a Skywalker. But in episode nine, which I mentioned, she learns that she is not only not a Skywalker, (laughs) but she is a descendant of, like, the big bad guy of Star Wars. (laughs) And she's really, she really was messed up by that information. She's like, whoa, this is crazy. So throughout that movie, she really struggles with her identity and whether she is, like, fit to save the galaxy (laughs) in spite of her horrible heritage, right? And so... She's struggling with that. But by the end of the movie, however, she accepts who she is. She saves the day. She goes to Tatooine, where it all began. And so this thing happens where someone approaches and says, Who are you? And she says, I'm Rey. I say, "Ray who? "Ray Skywalker is what she says, (laughs) which is a fairly corny (laughs) bit, in my opinion. That's okay. And it's... (sighs) As much as it really pains me, it gives us a pretty good picture, actually, of, of what we're talking about, of our situation here with Abraham. okay? It turns out that Ray was not of noble blood, of royal blood, uh, but she was able to, like adopt the name Skywalker as a symbol of her commitment to good instead of evil. So that's what happens in that, that movie. And just like Ray, our default lineage is pretty bleak. It's pretty dark. We, we read in Ephesians 2, 3, it says, Among them we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of who? Children of wrath, it says. What an interesting choice of words. That's sketchy. Children of wrath, even as the rest. So the family you were born into does not have to define you. And your past doesn't even define you. But if you believe in God, your identity in Christ defines you. And your status as an heir of Abraham defines you. In 1 Peter 2.9, it says, but you, and this is referring to anybody who is a believer in Christ, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So these descriptors at the beginning of this this passage, a chosen race, royal priesthood, all these things, these are terms that were, were originally used for the nation of Israel that we read about in the Old Testament. They were God's chosen people who descended from Abraham. But now... These descriptors, they're applied to us. They're applied to followers of Jesus, the new people of God, okay? We who have been adopted into the family of God have been brought into his marvelous light, like this this verse says. And this means that we need to walk in the light as he is in the light. That's in 1 John 1, 7. Walk in the light as he is in the light, right? That means living lives that are pleasing to him and in line with our new identity that we've been called to, that we've been called forward to as, as disciples of, of Christ. In 1 Peter, 1 Peter 2.9 also tells us, also calls us to proclaim the excellencies of him who called you. So now I'm wondering who are we to proclaim that to? And that, that helps transition us into point number three, Abraham, the multiplier, bless the nations. Our action step here is to bless the nations. Verse 8 of our passage, Galatians 3. Now the scripture saw in advance that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and told the good news ahead of time to Abraham, saying, all the nations will be blessed through you. And that's, that's true. That's an account of something that happened in Genesis. In fact, when we read Genesis 12, 1 through 2 earlier, there was more to the story. And so Genesis 12:3 says, I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. When it says families there, it's talking about all kinds of things. Nations, people, groups. And different, all different kinds of people, not just particular families, but just all these different people groups. And so that's what we that's the calling that God has called Abraham to, and it's the calling that He's called you to. Not just to be an heir, to receive a blessing, but to to be blessed, to be a blessing. And there's a, a great speaker and pastor, and author named Robbie Gallaty. And he's written several books. And one of the books that I've read says this right toward the very beginning. It says, the gospel came to you because it was heading to someone else. So picture with me a family tree. And it starts from somewhere. So we got Abraham right at the top of this family tree. And it through Christ, in the, now, Abraham, he had all his descendants, actual descendants, the nation of Israel. We read about those in the Old Testament. And then Christ comes, and he starts making disciples, and he forms this new people of God who are from any tribe, tongue, or nation. And they're on, from all kinds of places, and they're included in that family tree. And that message has made its way to us today. And so if, you're, if you've given your life to Christ, you too are part of that family tree from Abraham. Now, that quote I mentioned, the gospel came to you because it was heading to someone else. What's that all about? You are an important member of God's family. That's good news. But I have to ask, but why should your line of the family tree end with you? Once again, he says, the gospel came to you because it was heading to someone else. Why should your line of the family tree end with you? See, by sharing the gospel, by making disciples, you are blessed with the privilege of reproducing descendants of Abraham through your witness. Romans 10:14 says, how then will they call on him in the whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard, and how are they to hear without someone preaching? These truths expose the fact that this eternal inheritance that we get to reap, it's available to all peoples, and we hold this good news in the palm of our hand, and it makes no sense to keep it for ourselves. So we all need to consider... How we can contribute to giving all peoples the opportunity to believe in God, become an heir, and bless the nations. Finally, verse 29, it's on your handout. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. An heir is someone who receives an inheritance. And this verse clearly tells us that to belong to Christ by faith is to be an heir by no merit, by no noble blood of your own. So our eternal inheritance starts with believing in God and in Christ's resurrection, right? And then second, our eternal inheritance, it redefines who we are and it redefines what we do. And our internal inheritance demands that we invite other people and other nations into the riches of God's grace and blessing. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much for giving us the gift of even knowing that you are real, that you exist. And even for those of us who are still piecing that together. God, we have heard of you, and that's more than I can say for other people's, other people groups, other nations, God. So I ask that you would give us all a burden for the lost who are near us. Give us, God, a burden for the lost who are far from us so that we can understand the glorious inheritance that we've been graciously called into and that we could gather other people into that as well thank you so much once again for just having us here enabling us to encourage each other in this way tonight thank you so much lord in your name we pray amen